himself bore our sins in his body upon the cross. I saw a mysterious personage in front of me. Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ on behalf of his body, which is the church. And I saw that my hands and feet had holes in them and were bleeding profusely. If then we have died with Christ, from that day on I have been mortally wounded. We believe that we shall also live with him. By his wounds you have been healed. Padre Pio, the priest who bore the wounds of Christ. Hello, my name is Father Andrew Apostoli. I'm a member of the Franciscan Friars of the Renewal. I'd like to welcome you today to our program entitled, Padre Pio, the priest who bore the wounds of Christ. I'd like to greet you with a little greeting of St. Francis. May the Lord give you his peace. Padre Pio was a world-famous priest who lived in southern Italy, uh, who, whom God blessed and gifted in so many extraordinary ways. His holiness attracted countless numbers of people. But perhaps of all the things by which people came to him, nothing was more important than to try to attend his Mass, which he offered each day with such reverence, love, and devotion that people were literally riveted on him as he stood there at the altar and carried out the, the holy sacrifice of the Mass. You see behind me on our triptych the uh, image of St. Francis receiving the five wounds of Christ, the stigmata. Jesus appeared to him in the form of a seraph angel, and from rays of light that came out of the wounds in Jesus' hands, feet, and side, they pierced the hands, feet, and side of St. Francis, and he was left with the the five great wounds we call the stigmata. Padre Pio was only the second man to receive those wounds, and he was a great lover of St. Francis. I mentioned that in this talk we're going to focus on the holy sacrifice of the Mass and Padre Pio's love for the Eucharist in general. You know, our blessed Lord gave us himself and that beautiful gift of the Eucharist. What a precious, priceless gift. St. John begins his description of the Last Supper account with these beautiful words. He tells us, Jesus, knowing that the hour had come for him to pass from this life to the Father, having loved his own or in the world, he loved them to the very end. And when St. John says to the very end, I don't think he only means to the very end of his life, because Jesus would die the next day, Good Friday, on the cross. I also think he meant to the end of all that Jesus could do for us. With all of his infinite knowledge and power, could he think of anything more beautiful to give us than the gift of himself? Or could he, with all his power, ever do anything more beautiful for us than give us the gift of himself in the Eucharist? In, when he uh, instituted the Eucharist at the Last Supper, he took the bread and he changed that into his body. He took the cup of wine, he changed that into his blood. And he said to his disciples, do this in memory of me. And we know that every priest who is ordained receives from Christ, tracing down through the bishops of the church, through the centuries of the history of the Catholic Church, each priest is ordained to receive the power of Christ that enables him to offer the holy sacrifice of the Mass. The Mass was certainly the center of Padre Pio's day. He usually offered Mass around 6 o'clock in the morning. However, the crowds of people that came 
especially to the new church of Our Lady of Graces, which held about a thousand people. The crowds began forming hours before that. Everybody wanted to get up close to the altar. I would not have liked to be the brother that had the task of opening the doors in the morning every day to let the crowd of people in because they rushed right into the church to get up to the front pews. Padre Pio's day began very early in the morning, sometimes 2 o'clock in the morning. He'd be hearing confessions for a couple of hours. Then he would stop and spend a few hours in preparation, prayer, meditation, to prepare himself to offer the holy sacrifice of the Mass. And this is very important, you know, that we just don't rush into church, uh, leaving our other activities, and then, you know, without thinking of what we're doing, enter into the holy sacrifice of the Mass. It's very important that we take time to recollect ourselves, to prepare ourselves to realize what we're going to be doing, whether it's a priest saying Mass or a layperson attending Mass. We used to say in the seminary, never go from the bed sheets to the altar cloths nonstop. It's always important to take time to prepare ourselves for the holy sacrifice of the Mass. And when Padre Pio came out to offer Mass, he offered that Mass with such a great intensity, love, and devotion. He was so conscious of the real presence of Jesus. I've seen photographs of Padre Pio looking so intently at the host after the consecration that you almost wondered, did he see Christ right there? Certainly with the eyes of faith, he knew that Jesus was there. He also realized that in the Mass, the greatest mysteries of our faith are renewed. Bishop Sheen had a beautiful saying about the Eucharist. He said, the greatest love story of all time is contained in a tiny white host. And what love story is that? It's the love story of Jesus for each one of us. Because in the Mass, Jesus renews the greatest mysteries of his life and death and resurrection. For example, he renews the mystery of the Incarnation. Because when a priest says the words of consecration, that bread is changed. The substance of that bread is the substance of Christ now. It is really Christ who is present there under the appearance, the external appearance or outward sign of bread. But our faith tells us it's no longer ordinary bread. Now it is Jesus. And that we call the real presence. The mystery of the incarnation is made present. And I'm sure that every time Padre Pio took the, the, the bread into his hand, the host, took the cup of wine into his hands for the consecration, he knew that Jesus was present there. At the same time, the Mass renews the great mystery of our redemption. It's like being there at Calvary. You know, our blessed Lord knew that it was not possible for all of his followers, you know, till the end of the world, to have been present on that first Good Friday on Mount Calvary. So he made it possible for the power and effect of Calvary to be present wherever the holy sacrifice of the Mass was carried out. And this is something that Padre Pio was so keenly aware of. He used to say, when you go to the holy sacrifice of the Mass, he said, picture yourself standing at the foot of the cross next to our Blessed Lady, next to St. John, the beloved disciple, next to St. Mary Magdalene. He says, because that's where you are, he said, every time the holy sacrifice of the Mass is carried out. So he was keenly aware that, as we always have taught in Catholic theology, that the Mass is the 
unbloody renewal of the sacrifice of the cross. Christ cannot suffer any longer. Christ is in glory. Christ cannot die any longer. But the merits and power of his death are made present to us there in the holy sacrifice of the Mass. St. Leonard of Port Morris, who was a Franciscan preacher, offered this little story one time to illustrate this point. He said that uh, the Mass is like a story of a ship that was out at sea. The ship got caught in a terrible storm. And the, the captain, and this is hundreds of years ago, was a wooden ship. The captain was afraid that the wind and the waves would have broken the ship apart and every, it would have sank and everyone would have been lost. So he called everyone, passengers and crew, to gather in a room down below the deck. And uh, among the passengers was a little child. And the captain went over and took this little child in his arms and he held the child up to God. And he said, he said God, perhaps you have sent this storm uh, to punish us for our sins. Maybe we deserve to be, uh, you know, our lives to be taken. We, or maybe our sins deserve this kind of punishment. But he said, this little child is innocent, and I beg you for the sake of this innocent child, spare us. And you know, according to the story, the, the storm subsided. The, the, the waves died down, the wind died down. Everyone was saved. The guilty was saved for the sake of the innocent one. And St. Leonard of Port Morris said that every time a priest offers and holds Christ up at the consecration of the Mass and offers him to God the Father, Jesus cries out for us as he did on Calvary, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And that's why Padre Pio could truly say it would be easier, it would be easier for the, for the world to exist without the Son than without the holy sacrifice of the Mass. For if the Mass was not being offered somewhere at every moment, offering reparation for the sins of mankind, maybe God would long ago have punished the human race. So Padre Pio was keenly aware that the Mass fulfills, then reenacts, so to speak, the redemptive death of Christ in an unbloody manner. And he knew that the Christ who was present was the risen Christ. And that's why even in the midst of his sufferings, which he joined to Jesus there in the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, Padre Pio was very aware that he was, the Lord was using his suffering to join to his sacrifice for the redemption of the world, for the eternal life and salvation of souls. Padre Pio's Mass was certainly never rushed. He took anywhere between two and two and a half hours every day to say Mass. Yet, people didn't seem to mind. In fact, the intensity with which he offered the Mass seemed to have people riveted on the holy sacrifice of the Mass. He would make long pauses. In, uh, at his time, they had only one Eucharistic prayer, the one we call Eucharistic Prayer One, or the, the traditional Roman canon. And there's a place for a commemoration of the living and another place for the commemoration of the dead. And he would spend long times remembering all the people who wrote to him his spiritual children, all the people that he uh, dealt with in confession, maybe the day before, or that he would deal with that day. He prayed for them. He placed them on the paten and in the chalice, in the offering of Christ to the Father. At the same time, when it came to commemoration of the dead, he prayed for the souls in purgatory. He was very keen in, in offering penance and uh, praying for them so that they might go quickly to heaven. So Padre Pio took a long time at these, at these uh, uh, two commemorations. In fact, if he took too long, 
the spirit saw people getting a little jittery, he would mentally command Padre Pio to go on. And amazingly, Padre Pio would continue with his the next prayers in the Mass. Um, sometimes, Padre Pio would actually go into a state like of ecstasy. He'd be unaware of what was around him. And that might also take some time. I, I remember two instances when people told me one person who was actually there was a priest. In fact, he told me when he was about 17 years old, he grew up in Italy. He said he went to the Mass of Padre Pio, and during the Mass, Padre Pio went into an ecstasy, and then he levitated, which meant he was raised, he said, about a foot or off the, off the floor. He was raised into this state of levitation, and he remained that way for about five minutes. And he said to me, he said, if you came here and told me this, I wouldn't believe you. But I want you to know, I saw it with my own eyes. I was right there. So Padre Pio uh, levitated. Another man told me that he was at that Mass and saw Padre Pio levitate. We're going to come back and talk a little bit more about the, the um, Mass of Padre Pio and uh, his other uh, expressions of his great love for Jesus in Eucharist. We'll be right back after this break. Padre Pio, after, after I had the spiritual experience, I began to read about his life and, and find out, uh, you know, what kind of a priest he was, what kind of a person he was. He's actually someone who makes me think of my destiny, heaven, and helps me to embrace the cross as a way to get there with joy. for the church um, it's a sign of God's love uh, for us especially because of reconciliation he wants us to come come back to God but he, he reminds us of hell and of heaven and, and the importance of confession welcome back to our program on Padre Pio the priest who bore the wounds of Christ in our earlier segment we just looked at Padre Pio's love for the mass and the great devotion with which he offered the holy sacrifice of the Mass. And why did he do this? Because he knew that, in, that he had to be both a priest with Jesus and a victim with Jesus. In other words, as an ordained priest, uh, he received through his ordination the power to carry out what Jesus did there at the Last Supper in regard to the Eucharist. That's why Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. And it is our Catholic belief that the bishops who are the successors of the apostles received through their Episcopal consecration, they received the power to give to priests by ordination the same power to offer the sacrifice of the Mass that Jesus gave us. So Padre Pio was a priest. But he also realized he had to be a victim with Jesus. And his whole life, in a sense, was a living out of the Mass. We say at the Mass, go in peace. The Mass is, the mass is ended, go in peace. In a sense, Padre Pio would have understood, no, go in peace. The Mass has just begun. Because he would have wanted to live out the meaning of that Mass throughout the day. In his constant union with Jesus, carrying out the Father's will every day in his daily responsibilities, which we should do in our own. 
Also, sharing the love with which Jesus died on the cross for us. Padre Pio wanted to share that same kind of love and concern. The same kind of burning desire Jesus had for souls on the cross. Remember when Jesus said, uh, if I be lifted up from the earth, that meant to be crucified. He said, I will draw all to myself, all people to myself. And Padre Pio wanted to draw as many souls to Christ for their salvation and sanctification as possible. So he became, he was both priest and victim with Jesus. And that's why the Mass was, in a sense, the description of his life, the expression of his life, the very center of his life. But his love for the Eucharist continued even after the Mass, especially in Thanksgiving. You know, uh, today we generally make a little Thanksgiving after Mass, but we mustn't forget that Christ remains with us in the sacrament for about 15 minutes after we received him in Holy Communion. And people don't often appreciate that. The sacrament remains with us for about 15 minutes. And when I was there at San Giovanni Rotundo, at the friary where Padre Pio was, was stationed for 50 years of his life, I remember Father Alessio, the Capuchin who took us around. Uh, he told us that when, after Mass, Padre Pio would generally go, he, if he was in the wheelchair, after he'd take his vestments off, he would um, put his head down, his arms down on the counter the, of the vestment table, in the sacristy, and lay his head on there, and he would spend 15 minutes in prayer, thanking Jesus for coming to him in Holy Communion. In fact, he, Father Alessio said, life in the friary stopped for 15 minutes. No one bothered Padre Pio. This was sacred time that he could thank the Lord for coming to him. And we should have a great uh, respect for uh, and an appreciation for our thanksgiving to Jesus after Holy Communion. There was a prayer that Padre Pio often recited um, after Holy Communion. I'd like to recite that prayer for you. It's a little bit long, but it's very beautiful. Stay with me, Lord, for it is necessary to have you present so that I do not forget you. You know how easily I abandon you. Stay with me, Lord, because I am weak and need your strength, that I may not fall so often. Stay with me, Lord, for you are my life, and without you I am without fervor. Stay with me, Lord, for you are my light, and without you I am in darkness. Stay with me, Lord, to show me your will. Stay with me, Lord, so that I hear your voice and follow you. Stay with me, Lord, for I desire to love you very much and always be in your company. Stay with me, Lord, if you wish me to be faithful to you. Stay with me, Lord, for as poor as my soul is, I want to be a place of consolation for you, a nest of love. Stay with me, Jesus, for it is getting late and the day is coming to a close, and life passes. Death, judgment, eternity approaches. It is necessary to renew my strength so that I will not stop along the way, and for that I need you. It is getting late and death approaches. I fear the darkness, the temptations, the dryness, the cross, the sorrows. Oh, how I need you, my Jesus, in the night of exile. Stay with me tonight, Jesus, in life with all its dangers. I need you. Let me recognize you as your disciples did at the breaking of the bread, so that the Eucharistic communion be the light which disperses the darkness, the force which sustains me, the unique joy of my heart. 
Stay with me, Lord, because it is the hour of my death. I want to remain united to you, if not by communion, at least by grace and love. Stay with me, Jesus. I do not ask for divine consolation, because I do not merit it, but the gift of your presence. Oh yes, I ask this of you. Stay with me, Lord, for it is you alone I look for, your love, your grace, your will, your heart, your spirit, because I love you and ask no other reward but to love you more and more. With a firm love, I love you with all my heart while on earth and continue to love you perfectly during all eternity. Amen. What a beautiful prayer expressing Padre Pio's desire to maintain that union which he experienced in Holy Communion throughout the day, as he said, through grace and love. And uh, so Padre Pio would be for, uh, his beautiful prayer would be for us an inspiration and a guidance to seek always to live in union with Jesus in the Eucharist. We also know that at other times, Padre Pio would focus in prayer upon Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. He had a heavy workload. When he was young, we know that he would spend as much as 15 hours a day hearing confessions. And that is a tremendous, uh, a tremendous uh, a burden, so to speak, a tremendous amount of confessions that he was hearing. But he would always take time to pray before the Blessed Sacrament. Sometimes he would go up into the choir loft, in the back of the chapel, looking down at Jesus in the tabernacle in the Blessed Sacrament. Uh, he would carry out other devotions in the chapel, benediction and prayers before Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. He had a sense of Jesus' presence. One time they tested him. They took the Blessed Sacrament out of the tabernacle at the main altar and put it on a side altar. And when Padre Pio walked into the chapel, he, he looked at the main altar, but didn't genuflect there. He went over to the side altar, and there he genuflected, because he could sense the presence of Jesus in the Eucharist. That's an extraordinary gift that is given to very saintly people. We can also say that Padre Pio imitated St. Francis, who had a great devotion and love for Jesus in the Eucharist. St. Francis was a very humble man, never felt himself worthy to become a priest, but he certainly focused his spirituality and love for Jesus in the Eucharist. He taught the friars, and I'm sure Padre Pio must have said this prayer many times, he taught them a little prayer when they came into the church. Uh, even in the time of St. Francis, even if the friars saw the church way off in the distance, they would fall to their knees and pray, We adore you, most holy Lord Jesus Christ, here and in all your churches throughout the world, and we bless you because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. So Padre Pio's love, you know, like St. Francis's love, would have focused on Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. St. Francis had said, there is nothing in a material way of Christ except his body and blood which he which the priest receives and he administers to others and he always wanted the Eucharist to be reserved in precious tabernacles and St. Francis used his devotion to Jesus at his time to help reform the church the church was in need of great reform at the time of St. Francis 
There was a great heresy called the Albigensian heresy that was threatening the church. And devotion to the Eucharist helped to combat this heresy and finally overcome it. Padre Pio, in his great love for the Eucharist, would tell us today that as we seek to renew the church, as we seek to prepare ourselves, on the, you know, as we enter the, the third millennium, to uh, live our faith ever more intensely by a living union with Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. And it was this love for Jesus in the Eucharist, connected with Padre Pio's love for our Blessed Lady, that became, in a sense, the two main pillars of his devotional life. In this talk, today we have looked at Padre Pio's love of the Mass. And by the way, he would often say Mass in the little church, the original church of Our Lady of Graces, at the altar of St. Francis, because he loved to honor St. Francis. He wanted to be so much like him. Well, we looked at his devotion and love for the Eucharist uh, in this talk today. We'll be focusing in our next talk upon St. Francis's, I mean, Padre Pio's great love for our Blessed Lady. We join them together because we know that Mary is one who helps us and always leads us back to Jesus, her son. And today uh, we're being called to a greater love for Christ in the Eucharist. One of the greatest signs of renewal of devotion to Jesus is the spreading of Eucharistic adoration in our Catholic parishes today. So let us give thanks and praise to God. I am sure that if Padre Pio were speaking to us, he would encourage us in our Eucharistic love and devotion to prepare ourselves well when we go to Mass, to be conscious throughout the week that we're going to be receiving Jesus in Holy Communion and so preparing our soul, whether we go to Communion and Mass once a week on Sunday or even if we go during the week, always to be conscious, to prepare yourself as Padre Pio did then our love for Jesus and the Eucharist will grow deeply. God bless you.